Welcome to Running is Bullshit. I'm Amy. And I'm Stuart, and you're listening to the podcast that loves to hate running. This is episode 126, and we'll be talking to a guest for a change, mostly because he emailed us, and that does help out things quite a lot. We also talk about sweating on public transport and winning in the best way possible. And there is also some juicy, juicy cheating news at the end of this episode. Oh, <laughs> It's a good one. Is the news the news section this week is actually really good. Usually we're struggling a bit for news, but there was actually too much to put in there this week. Too much news. I know. I, know. I haven't heard the like for such a long time. Uh, good news. Speaking of news, not really news for anyone else. I've got my Meriden medal at last. Just two months after completing <laughs> the stupid event, <laughs> I got my silver medal for Meriden because I achieved. I got over thirty miles. I got over the thirty mile line, so I got my silver medal, which is correct and proper as I should have received. Nina, however. The person who ran with me, whose tracker didn't work all day, and so she got precisely the same time and distance as me because they just used the uh, results from my tracker. She got a gold medal because what? they underdelivered <laughs> on the silver medals and gave too many gold medals. So some people got a free upgrade, and that oh. is bullshit. How dare she? I would kind of hate that. I'd hate getting a medal for something that I hadn't done. <laughs> no, you wouldn't. You'd love that. A gold no, medal. That's for people. That's for people who did sixty miles, and she did not. So she's got a better medal than me, and I'm outraged mm. about it. I'm appalled. Uh, if she doesn't, if she's not sending that back, I'll be disgusted. I know. Marathon investigations, Nina. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'll be a very short article. The Nina files. <laughs> it would just say they didn't have enough medals. <laughs> Basically, and the medals took so long to get here because they had to go all the way around Africa because of like something to do with the Suez Canal. I don't watch the news. I don't really know. What? Why were they? Why were they coming? Where were they coming from in the China. first place? Oh, were they? Ah, I see. That's where everything Gosh. comes from. So, well, yeah, something yeah. to do with the canal, shipping. I don't know. I don't uh, watch the news anymore. We are not too touching sad. that with a barge pole. <laughs> any bullshit for you, Amy, this week? Have you been wronged in any way? Uh, no, not well. Yes, yes. I was going to say I haven't really got any any broader bullshit. My weeks, my last couple of weeks, been very boring. But I do have something to moan about, Excellent. which is. I don't know whether anyone else have, has encountered these yet. I feel like there is a slightly new thing. It's metal styles. Um, you know, you get you like standard wooden styles. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Very commonplace in the countryside. I've started to notice these metal ones springing up all over the place that are basically like a gate, like the, the same material they make gates out of. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you've ever had to climb over a gate in the winter, you'll know they're incredibly slippy, aren't they? And that's yeah. basically what these metal styles are are just an absolute death trap. And I was doing my long run today, and I was with Pippin, um, and going over was okay, and I was, like, really concentrating going, because it was, like, an out and back, so going one way was okay. And I was concentrating because I had to unclip Pippin um, so she could get through, and then I clamber over and clip her back on. So half my attention is on making sure she's not running away somewhere. Um, I did it absolutely perfectly on the way out. And then I think my shoes just got slightly muddier and slightly wetter. And then on the way back, I'm like, and this was the more precarious bit in terms of unclipping Pippin because there was a road at the other end of the trail and I was making sure she didn't just sort of dart off after something. So I'm going like, Pippin, I had a little treat in my hand. I'm like, Pippin, just wait, just wait, like that. And then as I'm climbing over, you do that thing with the style where you swing your legs over. As mm. I swung one leg over, 
and my leg, my other leg was on the other side. My other leg started to slip, but very slowly. And I'm like clutching this, this, this style, but the style is also slippy because it's fucking metal. Yeah. So I just slowly slip down the side of the other side, this style, like really <laughs> bending my wrist in the process and hurting myself. And the whole time I'm going, fuck's sake, fuck's sake. Cause I know that I'm, I, I'm worried I'm going to properly like fall off this thing. I didn't, I just sort of slipped very pathetically down the side. But I'm going, fuck's sake, fuck's sake. So Pippin's getting stressed about this. So she's running off and like doing a little stress shakes. I'm like, Pippin, it's not even you that it's happening to. Um, and I, yeah, I just ended up with one side of my body just covered in mud because obviously other people had climbed over this style and left their muddy sort of um, mud all over it as well. And it hurt my wrist slightly. But I just think they're a complete death trap. Who's? I, I know the idea behind it is probably less maintenance because the wooden ones decay over time. But they're... they're horrific they're awful I, I can't even imagine the amount of people that have slipped mid and that's what I was worried about slipped mid going over in mid traverse you know and gone like straight onto the middle of the style which yeah. would have been incredibly painful no matter what gender you are probably more painful for men but you know what I mean that's that's nasty um so I got off quite lucky but but whose idea is that horrific I imagine you sliding off that was like a really slow pathetic yeah. just and anyone watching would just be like, is she okay? Yeah. She, she must be okay. And there's you like, oh no, this is terrible. <laughs> yeah. Just like having spent a minute sliding down really sadly. Exactly. And because oh. I'm quite short as well, getting over those things is always, any style is always a bit of a challenge. Um, but it's not a case of I can just sort of nimbly jump off the other side, partly because I'm short and it makes it a bit awkward. But also there was loads of slippy mud just under the style as well. Mm-hmm. So if I jumped onto it, I probably would have, fallen flat on my ass so it was just a whole palaver but they're just a complete stupid idea yeah if you've got to put any part of your body on the top of it to like to hold on to it sit on it put your foot on it you're going straight off definitely most most of the year yeah yeah and if you don't have these in your area because i I grew up in the countryside never saw a a metal style like that before in my life all wooden or if they were metal there were the sort of like well-made metal ones where they had little grippy things where you stand. Yeah. Um, so if you don't have them yet in your area, like thank your lucky stars because they are horrific. <laughs> they're coming soon though because no council's got any money and they don't want to be paying for style. So exactly. they're probably exactly. on their way. Ugh, death traps. Right, let's catch up on the last episode. Andy Nichols is doing his best to copy both of us and our running stories and says, enjoyed my runs in Lanzarote last October. Very nice, yes. As I was saying last last episode, Lanzarote is a great place to run. Uh, Less so, he says, my panic run to the station last week at a concert with a published finish time of 8.45pm and had to get the last train home, which was a 10-minute walk away at 9.12pm. No problem, surely. Well, I had to virtually force my way past people to leave the auditorium at 9.06pm god the stress before the encore started Ugh. and sprinted in skinny jeans and casual shoes okay i'm, I'm not making any comments um <laughs> while trying to open my phone to get my ticket ready for the barrier arrived 20 seconds before the train and then like Stu, sweated my ass off the entire journey back love it oh why why even at gigs why even put a finish time because it's not going to be that also, the start point- time is not the start time. The finish time is not the finish time. Stop stop putting times on things. And it's definitely not going to be 8.45pm unless you're going to go see the Wiggles or something. Like, that is early for a gig. <laughs> yeah, that, that is early for a gig. It must have been a kid's thing or something, but perhaps you shouldn't be there in your skinny jeans then. But 
Yeah, the, the, the stress of that sprinting down the street. I can only hope your watch was on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've had a few times this week where I've had to sort of, when I go to work, I get two trains that connect. And for some reason this week, all my trains have been on time. And if the trains are on time, I can just get the first connecting train if I run. If I don't run, I've got to wait 15 minutes for the next train. Um, so obviously I want to, especially on the way home, on the way to work, I'm like, whatever, who cares? Like, let's get the next train. On the way home, I want to be home ASAP. And I have had a couple of, of sprints this week for the train. I got on the, and also I wear noise cancelling headphones when I'm travelling on public transport. Hate having to hear everything. I find it like really too much. Um, so I've got my noise cancelling headphones on. One day last week, I remember running, getting the connecting train and I'm stood there and everyone's sort of looking at me and I realise, because I've got my noise cancelling headphones on, I can't hear just how loud I'm breathing on the train. I'm like, <laughs> <gasps> and everyone's just looking at me like, you're right, love. You okay? You having some sort of asthma attack? Like, <laughs> no, I just had to get into a light jog to get to the train. So you know, yeah. <laughs> I swear, I run. <laughs> uh, let's have a little break for tea to let Amy catch her breath. Ooh, we are partnered with Bird and Blend Tea, and that means we'll tell you what tea we're drinking. If you like the sound of it, you can go to runningsbs.com forward slash tea, click on some links, and buy some tea if you want. Amy, what are you drinking? You had a big I'm sip drinking, just then. Yeah, I did. I'm drinking salted caramel matcha. Again, still Hello. working my way yeah. through all the matchas I got in the advent calendar. I think that was the best value for money advent calendar I've probably ever had because those matches are going to last me all year. So, yeah, it's very nice. It's it's very salted caramelly. The taste is quite strong in a nice way. Yeah, very cool. how about you? I've not got anything on me at the moment, but I did just get the email from Burn Blend to say pancake teas are back in uh, ready for pancake day and the one i'm very intrigued by and definitely need to get my hands on is maple bacon pancake tea that is a lot of things going on in one cup and i'm very very interested in it so it's going to be a bit salty it's going to be a bit sweet it's going to be a bit apparently a bit spicy or something like that i don't quite know how they do this but i want to find out how they do maple bacon pancake tea check out our website i'm not sure whether i'm ready to go back to tasting bacon again so soon we'll no, have to wait for that one probably not your thing no <laughs> what have you been up to not much really i've had like this really sort of i spoke i think it's right last week been really like fatigued so i haven't really been been doing much uh, i skipped my long run two weeks in a row went out and did a long run today and like i said the style instant just did 14 miles fairly flat because i was absolutely knackered still um but yeah that's it haven't really done much cool good news yeah. How about you? <laughs> uh, I had an exciting time last week. I was in Keradigion. I went for a long run up at Cause Karen. And one of the first things they did, like a mile in, I just had to go through a gate. Uh, this is a, a very normal gate. It had one of those kind of tall kind of handles. You know, I you know for horse riders, they put the extra mm. tall handle on there. So you can kind of pull that if you're sitting up on a horse and open the gate for yourself. Well, I did that and I kind of pulled it open. And as I kind of pulled it, I did that thing which was really stupid where you open it into your own leg. So you kind of, I hit myself on the inside of the knee and because I was a bit off balance, I then stumbled forward and I stumbled into the gate post, which had like the little latch sticking out for where the gate kind of clicks into. And so I just got this massive lump on my leg, like properly stumbled, slammed into this gate post and it did, it hurt a bit then. I kind of laughed it off, went through the next gate, carried on, did my run like 10 miles later. It wasn't until I got home and there's a big lump on the side of my leg. It's a properly swollen up lump on the side of my leg from where I just ran into a gatepost because I don't know how to open a gate apparently. So that was my fucking stupid injury 
of the week. That was exciting. It hasn't, and the most annoying thing, it's swollen. It's still a little bit swollen, a little bit tender. It didn't bruise. So I've got nothing to show for it. I can't even take a photo of it. I hate that. I hate when you do Ugh. something silly and it really hurts and then there's just nothing. And happens. yeah, no one can see anything. Even the swelling, like, you can't really see it. I know it's there because I can feel it, but people aren't kind of feeling my legs that much, uh, unfortunately, at the moment. So it's, it's, I can't really show it off to anyone, which is a real pain. Uh, that run was also eventful for me because on the way back, as it turned out, really, really needed a poo. That is the closest I have been to a wild poo in a very long time and like i was i was at that point i was scoping out locations i was because it's it's it was on a path so it's like traffic three free path on old railway path but it was kind of close to the road it was dead straight so you could see people coming both ways but it was just trying to find some bushes with cover and i'm like and you know if you're gonna poo in the bushes it's you know especially on a run it's not gonna be a clean job is it so that's the risk as well yeah, if you've got to, if you've got to go, like you've actually got to and, go, and you've held it for a long time as well, yeah, it's, it's not, not going to be a clean be one. It's not so be I was good. considering all of this, but I, I remembered I, I was pretty sure there was toilets at the car park, but this was a Sunday morning as well, so I wasn't sure if they'd be open. So it was, I was going to do like a long run interval session. I'd done some faster sections. This is supposed to be my easy cool down jog back to the car park. It was pretty much just as fast as my fast sections because I was desperate to get back. And so I kind of got there, got to the toilet, pushed the door open. Yes, right. Get William, put him in the car, lock the car, get to the toilet, managed to, managed to do the job. But my God, that was, that was really close. Tense. Oh, Hope yeah. Brown. Oh my God, it was a full-on code brown. And then I managed to uh, get William back out of the car. We went for a little cool-down jog around the boardwalk uh, there, which is very lovely. Uh, as it turns out, Cause Karen is actually a massive bog, which is very appropriate. Perhaps it was just running through that uh, that just you know got into my brain somehow unconsciously and was like, bog, bog, go to the toilet. Contribute to the bog. Must have been. <laughs> Give us more life. There's like a Welsh folklore there, where like runners coming through and walkers, the bog calls to them, contribute, add to us, give us life. <laughs> contribute to the bog. <laughs> that was my excitement for the week. I've also heard, um, you know, I talk about these trail runs we've been doing recently, where people kind of very dodgy turn up in car parks in the middle of the woods at night, which is very funny. Uh, the conversations you have there are always very interesting. And I think it's just a general run club thing. If people go to like run clubs and social running groups regularly and you talk to new people quite often, you just new people come along and you do you do the, you know, the normal runner chat of like, you know, you've been running long. How'd you find us? Have you got anything planned? And it's impossible to know how to pitch it. You can look at someone and they might be an international athlete or they might have started running yesterday. It's basically impossible to tell most of the time. So I was doing this kind of, you know, normal chat and some of them come along with us for the first time, or first or second time, I'd kind of seen it before. I said, you know, got anything planned then? And she's like, yeah, I've got Ironman in June. I'm like, okay, <laughs> right, okay, just just that then, just going abroad for an Ironman, cool. And she's oh yeah, and then I'm going to do Joggle. So I'm, like, I'm sorry, what? John O'Groats to Land's End, yeah, I'm aiming to be the youngest person to ever complete it. Oh my right. God. Okay, and you're just here on this little 6K jog in the woods with us. Wow. <laughs> and it's just like, I, I don't really know where to go from here. I just It's just so hard to tell what people's level is. And it's like, how to pitch that conversation is like, oh, well, this is an entirely different conversation to what yeah. I thought it was going to be. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Youngest person to run that, I said, like 900 miles. Yeah. She's 20. What? She's going to graduate three days later, get up to Scotland and start, and start running. 
So she's like a university student as well? Yeah. Jesus. She's going for three weeks. It's just it, absolutely mad. That is mad. Speaking of uh, long runs like that as well, I've seen the Wales Coast Path FKT, which we've talked about a lot, it's on this year. There is at least three people going for it in Gosh. June and July. That's just according to the fastestknown.com website. Uh, there's three people on there have kind of added to the comments to say, I'm going to be trying this this year. So there's probably loads of other people that will be trying it as well. Because I know there was a guy last year who had to delay, so he'll probably be back up for it. So that that one is going to be on for a good few months, I think, by the sound of it. Because uh, Reese Jenkins, you know, he got the record 19 and a half days. Uh, mm. There is, well, actually, there is a, a guy who's gone a bit quicker, but on the fastest known website, it says it's flagged, and I don't know why. So uh, I'm curious about that. But yeah, there is definitely people after that. So that'll be very interesting to keep an eye on. It's such a long way, like those sorts of, fkts i guess if anything happens with your tracking and and your like evidence then maybe they just can't accept it you know and that must be a lot like imagine getting halfway through and something fucked up you'd be wearing like three watches wouldn't you and a tracker and oh imagine getting to the end of the three weeks and then going nah Nah. <laughs> Sorry. nah there's a little blip here yeah you can't quite your tracker went out of range never mind give it another go yeah, yeah. Awful. <laughs> anyway, let's get on to the guest section of this episode and let's talk to Ian Williams and find out all about Fetch Everyone. Our guest today is the founder and what was almost certainly called the webmaster back when this website was created <laughs> of Fetch Everyone. It's Ian Williams. Welcome to the podcast. Hello, Stuart. Uh, you can still call me webmaster if you want, but Ian, Ian's just fine, really. It's just, I've been like, looking up things about the website and you said how it started in 2004 and I just thought, oh, webmaster, that was what, that's the thing we used to say, wasn't it, on the internet? Yeah, yeah, when it used to be called the World Wide Web and, and it sounded, and the, or the Information Superhighway, <laughs> everything oh. was called. There was no Facebook back then either. I love old internet stuff. Well, before we kick back and get nostalgic about pre-social media internet days, uh, let's kick back and get nostalgic about your running history. Kind of where did it start for you and how did it get to how did it get you to where you are? Uh, well, my earliest memory was um, the worst 100 metres ever in my whole year group in school. I was second last and uh, I remember my time, 19.94 seconds. Excellent. And uh, I remember the, the PE teacher was there smoking a B&H out of a gold packet. And just, you know, he was not interested in me from that moment on. Um, yeah. It was, yeah. That's one of my things, one of my bullshit things about running really is, is PE teachers from the 80s. Because they, <laughs> they just didn't know how to encourage you. Because it turns out I love running, but... Um, yeah, he he didn't instill that in me. Um, so where did it pick up for you? Well, I played a lot of cricket over the years, and I had a season in something like two thousand and three, and I I got out in the last game of the season with a really limp shot, and the ball didn't travel very far, and I thought, right, I need to go and hench up, and and you know get some muscles so I can start twatting the ball around all over the place, yeah. and I got down to the the gym my local gym and the instructor forced me to try out all of the machines and based on my traumatic 100 meters experience I was not looking forward to going on the treadmill um, but it turns out that I quite liked it like once you slow it down and, and just take ownership of the pace and, and you're not competing with anybody um, I could just sort of zone out and look at the tallies 
And it, within a within a month or two, I think I'd kind of abandoned all the other aspects of the gym. And I was just going there with the goal of increasing my running. And then um, some people at work got us to do, uh, got us to sign up for the Great South Run in 2004. Um, I ended up doing the Cardiff 10K a month before that. It's just, you know, because you, you you want a little filler race, a little mm-hmm. practice race. And I totally and absolutely loved it. So, um, yeah, um, amazing. Yeah, a, a, a cricketer wanting to improve his running, which from my brief experience uh, a few years ago, that that's a very rare thing indeed. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I guess I could run around a bit on, on the pitch. Um, I used to always sort of hurt my hamstrings from going for quick runs when I was batting. Uh, and there were definitely places in the in the field where you could hide out if you didn't want to do too much running. But um, I was one of the youngest ones on our team. The rest of them are all kind of like beer-bellied old men. And so I, I quite often used to get pushed into the places where I would have to do more running and more fetching of the ball. Literally um, the only thing I could ever do playing cricket, unfortunately. Uh, so 2004, uh, you kind of eventually created Fetch Everyone, which you grudgingly told us in your email is a bit like Strava. But before we get into kind of the Strava bashing, where did that idea come from and what did it look like back then? Um, the the name of the website or the website itself? Or... Well, yeah, yeah. But I was going to ask about the name as well. OK, so uh, I drank two bottles of wine while watching a film called Leon. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you know the one with um, Jean Reno and Natalie Portman. I know the poster. <laughs> That's it. Right. OK, so he Leon is an assassin and um, his uh, young charge is Matilda and her family has been killed by a corrupt DEA agent and they're hiding out in uh, Leon's apartment and this is they're surrounded by this whole squad of police and the the police go in like a dozen of them to try and get Leon out and he kills every single last one of them. Spoiler alert, sorry if you if you're planning on watching it. And the police chief then turns to his second in command and he says, bring me everyone. And I was twatted on two bottles of wine and I heard fetch everyone. And the following morning, I think I registered the, the domain name and I thought that'll be great for some kind of party. I just wanted a party in a castle in, uh, in South Wales. Um, but that never happened. So I just kept the domain name for another couple of years and i started then when i got into did my first two races i was uploading my pictures there and keeping little notes of my uh times and things like that um when i started logging stuff i was putting uh things into a spreadsheet and then emailing that spreadsheet from home to work where i'd get out for a run at lunchtime Mm -hmm. and then emailing it back to home again so i could get a copy of it this is before the days where you could just put spreadsheets up into the sky and they would be everywhere at all times um but then i am a web developer that's that's what i have been doing for years and years so i thought well why don't i just make a website where i can upload a little bit of this information uh, onto this site and it just kind of ballooned from there i shared it with a couple of people on the runners world forum i don't know if you remember that i don't know if it's still a thing or not um and they they kept on coming back to me and saying it would be great if you could add this or this is broken or Mm. I'd really like it if it could do that and I kept on sort of snowballing with the feedback until it became something like that was really quite surprisingly amazingly popular 
Yeah. So at its heart, it's a training log. That was kind of what it was intended originally. Like your runs would go on there, distance, time, all that kind of thing. And it's just, I can kind of tell uh, as I've been looking at it over the last few weeks that as you kind of thought, oh, I can do this. I'll add that on. Oh, I can do this. I'll add that on there. And you kept discovering how to do things and just kept throwing it all up there. Yeah. You can pretty much see the bolts where, mm. I, where I've stuck the extra stuff on here and there. Um, yeah. It, it It just sort of evolved over time. Yeah. So was it always intended to be like an open thing for everyone to join, which would be free for everyone? Was that kind of the project from the start? Yeah. Um, I mean, I had some server space. I had no idea um, what the upper limit of how many hits it could survive on before, um, you know, I'd have to get fined by my by my Internet provider. Um, eventually, we hit some kind of peak where I was getting charged. And then people were donating uh, a quid, five quid here or there to help me cover my costs. But I was also covering them as well because I, I was having so much fun doing it. Mm. Um, and I thought, yeah, well, let's make this for everybody and, and see what we can do. And, and people kept on telling their friends. There was no, like I said, there was no Facebook. There was no the other place. Um, there was, it was kind of like the the place where people had uh, to to come to record their training. I'd never seen anything like it prior to mm. to me doing it. Um, it wasn't a copy of anything. Yeah. Okay. So that was kind of how it started and where it developed. Like, what what is it now? Like, what is your kind of elevator pitch when people ask what is Fetch Everyone now? Oh, I hate getting into lists with people. <laughs> um, I think it is. I I call it a running community. Um, people look out for each other. Um, we've had people get married. We've had people fall out. I've had to <laughs> stop arguments between people. Yeah. Um, the the people aspect has is really like, I'd say it, that's the core of it, really. Because if we didn't have the people, a lot of what happens on the site wouldn't happen. Um, because there, because there's just me, I've had to make a lot of use of people power over the years like we've got race listings we've got uh thousands and thousands of race listings and they don't come from some magic place in the sky each one of those has been added by one of the people who uses the site or you know every person has added a few over the years so we've kind of crowdsourced that um that aspect of it mm -hmm. similarly um kind of like the marketing people tell other people about the site so i don't have a marketing department i have the people who use the site mm -hmm. and i've got a, a list of about two thousand feature requests that have all come from users they all vote on them so i, I don't have to sit there and, and research what would be the best things i've got people doing that for me so i'm trying to give the power to the people mm -hmm. so that they can they can make the site what they want it to be Okay, that so, was, a, was a very long elevator shaft, but uh, yeah, I think we probably got. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, got quite a few floors up there. Um, so as I said, you know, there is a lot on the website, and you know, I've been using it for the last week or so, and I got to admit, when I first used it, I was quite overwhelmed by it because there's a lot on there, and I think that's I've actually I think I have bounced in and out of the site a few times in the past, but I've persevered this time, and I'm definitely finding my feet now. I'm kind of getting into it. What kind of advice? Because I said there's so many features on there. What Kind of advice would you give to a first-time user someone is hearing this now and think oh this is interesting but they they log in and they see you know a lot of stuff how you kind of suggest people use it 
Well, I, I totally have been trying to tackle that aspect of it because um, the homepage, as you see it now, is a cut down version of what it was mm -hmm. about uh, a month ago. There was a whole load of extra crap okay. on it. I'm trying to reduce it to try and make it so that it's not quite so, oh my God, it's so scary. Everything. Yeah. There's so much. Where do I start? And I'm trying to go through the whole site and look at it from the perspective of someone who's never been using it before. Um, so the one thing I would say is uh, look at the homepage. You've got the forum, training information, and some blogs and racist things. And, and those are maybe like the four core elements of, of the site. Mm -hmm. um, but then just go exploring. You can't, if you do break it, that's my fault. Um, and, uh, and at the top right-hand corner of every page, there is a help button. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think, I think it's at the, yeah, there's a, there's a button at the bottom of every page as well that says get help. So if you're, you're on it and you don't understand something or you don't know what the hell's going on, just drop me a line. And I do try and answer stuff. I mean, some, some things are really difficult and I can't answer them straight away. But if it's like, how do I change uh, kilometers from miles or something like that? I'm, I'm ha I'll happily just tell you that. And I'm, and I'm here most of the time. I rarely take my eyes off the site. Um, so I'm, I'm around when you need me. And I said, you know, even when you are, you know, that first, because you can connect it to your watch, whatever kind of mainstream watch you have. And like that first run comes in, there's just a lot of data there. And I guess it's that kind of thing of if you like that data, which I do, it's great to look through. If you don't need it, you don't need it. You don't need to scroll all the way to the bottom to see every single chart and graph, you know. And similarly, I think on like the analysis section, I think I had a quick click on that there. I think there's 24 different ways to visualize that kind of um, the, the running that you've done. And again, it's it's there if you want it but it's also you know it's not necessary you don't need to know about every single part of the website you can just use the bits that you want yeah i mean some people don't even um uh, add their training with a watch they'll just put in mm. miles and time and you can do it like that obviously if some of the graphs will be quite empty but um you you can you can get into it in as much detail as you want to really um yeah, I, I do need to work on making it sort of more user friendly. That's one of the things that you might see on other websites is that they've they've spent a long time polishing them. They there's a lot of polish, um, whereas like I said earlier, there's a lot of bolts and um, organic coming together of of stuff on on fetch. Yeah, um, but it, I think it's a really good option for people who because I know a lot of people get kind of. Um, uh, annoyed by Strava and the kind of social options in Strava, which are very geared around keeping you on there. And I mean, they will say it's they're building a community, but it's kind of a little bit, it can be slightly manipulative sometimes in the way it wants to keep people in. Um, but this is a very different kind of thing. Cause again, you know, you know, there's lots of friend features on there and forms and blogs, which people don't have to use. They can just simply use this as a training log, as opposed to somewhere like Strava and they can get a lot more for free from it as well. Yeah, um, I I don't go to the other place. Um, sorry, I'm so, not allowed to use that word. Yeah, sorry. I, I don't use it. I if anybody writes it in our forum, it's automatically crossed out. Um, <laughs> yes, but um, yeah, you can you can get as as involved in the social side of things as you want. Really, there's a whole bunch of stuff in the forum. There's if you go to the homepage, there's a bunch of threads that are focused on training. Um, but if you delve into the forum itself, there's people talking about uh, how to deal with their elderly parents or their teenage kids. Um, there's a gardening thread. There's a 
um, any, any kind of hobby, there's a politics side where they argue like hell over the minutiae of, of yeah. the politics of the day. Um, so you, you can just come and read stuff. You don't even have to get involved. Just mm-hmm. come for a little look. Yeah. What's your kind of favorite little part of it? What bit did you really enjoy kind of working on and looking at? Um, I think I love finding out um, a new way of looking at the data, like a new stat or something like that. Um, for example, there are um, we've got a marathon pace calculator. It's fetcheveryone.com forward slash marathon pace calculator. And until... I did some research into the actual data that people were uploading. I found that every marathon prediction I was getting based on my half marathon time was bollocks. Um, they're all kind of my, my, my best, you know, absolute best day half marathon time is one forty-five, And it was suggesting marathon times of three forty-five for me. And the, be- the closest I've ever got to that is four fifteen. So I'm all way off it. And I thought, am I the freak here or, is it something that's wrong with these predictions? So I've got the benefit of thousands of, of data points and I plugged them all into um, the uh, spreadsheet actually and and found that only about 6% of people were hitting the predictions that were really common back then. We're talking mm-hmm. like back about 10 years ago. So I thought, right, okay, I'm going to amend this prediction to give more accurate results. And... And it worked and lots of people were saying, well, yeah, that's more accurate. And I think it's better to give someone a prediction that they've got a chance of beating. You also got people who were saying, yeah, I, I beat that prediction. I beat it. Um, and, and so that made them feel good that they, they'd beaten it. But if you can give them a, a something that's achievable, then they're not going to um, go too mad with the training. They're going to um, have a sensible start on race day and hopefully have a better experience for having a better prediction. So finding out little things like that that tear apart the um, the rules of thumb that used to be prevalent in running, like you know, five long runs for a marathon need to add up to 100 miles. No. Is that a thing? Oh, I've never heard that one. <laughs> it, 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 it was a thing. I don't know if that's been totally debunked now, but um, little rules like that would would come out and I'd go, right, now saw this, I'm going to look at the data. So, yeah, um, yeah. rules of thumb, bullshit. <laughs> You've used your kind of your own data and come up with your own algorithm. So that's really fun. Because those I think those kind of usual equations, algorithms you see, assume you are as good a runner at one mile as you are at a marathon, which is very rarely the case. Most people are somewhere between that they're they're better at short distance or better at long distance or better in the middle and it you know falls away the other side so it's not always as simple as well this is your 5k time this is going to be your marathon time because you might be a much better marathon runner than you are a 5k runner yeah and um a lot a lot of people um they they get their half marathon time and they I'm, i'm saying this based on the predictions they don't put in the amount of training that you would need to hit that time Hmm. people just people just don't do the amount of training that would generate the the level of of marathon time that the predictions were giving them so i looked at what are people actually doing what are they really doing and then let's tell people what they can really expect Hmm. that makes sense 
and we'll hear more from Ian in a bit. In the meantime, you can support this podcast. You can go to patreon.com forward slash running is bullshit. You can donate us money every month. To say thank you for that and to put off new donors, we sing your names every week. And this week, I have gone very Amy Genders in both song and octave choice. Gail Seal, Anthony Howe, Alice Newstead, Luke Danny, Old Gabri, Thomas Nayer. Elliot Lindleywood, Matt Lees, Martin Kaplan, Nikki Jones, Steve Robson, Raymond Quinn, Gordy Thelwell, David Irwin, Jelly Neverson, Matt H. Hale Spencer, Audrey Victoria Cousins, Andy Nichols, Catherine Fenton, Kath Everard, Liz Reese, James Leppard, Sophie Nichols, Tom Wilcock, Andy Robbins, Brian Simpson. Ian Thompson, Derry, Matt Burroughs, Rachel Ormore, Matt Jones, Vicky Robbins, Bernadette McCarthy, Rachel Bentley, Victoria Dick, Debbie Hurley, KP, Claire Dina, Carl Fleming, Elizabeth Shabansh, Malik Adult, Angela. Foster Swellsdale, Daniel Porter, current AP Larry Warren, Karen Hamilton, Jonathan Carter, Adam Baker, Sophie Jacks, Neil Denton, Majorzy Yorski, Julia Page, Maria Wicks, Ivor Hewitt, Francis Howell, Clark Gilmore, Sherry Kinnison, Jason Spinks, Jewel Running, Len Martin, Sandra Heinzer, Tom Dawson, Kel Ryder, Amanda Murray Hines, Graham Hackland, Cat, Abigail Hardman, Lisa Gibbon, Jenny Tamasebi, Gregory C, Skirt McCaffin, Victoria Magnus, Erigan Shaw, David Yellow, Matty Toe, Tony Howes, Matthew Berry, Kiara Evans, Shepard, Karen, Blaise, Juliet, Stevens, Claire, Fables, Nicky Genders. Sherry Grubbs, H.J. Howells, Paul Hibbert. Magana, Marks and Josie. Don't forget to get in touch with your running bullshit on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Just search Running is BS and let us know why you particularly hate running this week. Well, Katra Fenton heard my story last week about my unexpected run. And as, uh, as she was catching up, she sent us a story about another unexpected run. She says she ended up running through Charles de Gaulle Airport in Paris. After visiting a supplier in Italy for work, I had to fly to Paris to get a transfer back to UK. Left the supplier directly to the airport, so was in full-on work gear with slip-on shoes. Arrived late to Paris and couldn't find the transfer desk. Ended up speaking to someone who could just about speak English to direct me to someone, only to find the flight was boarding, uh, also was overbooked. I had to run one and a half miles in slip-ons and dragging a suitcase to the gate in the hope there was space on the plane. I made it just in time and got on the plane. Ended up a sticky, sweaty mess next to a stranger who probably took offence to the post-run glow. Moral of the story, always wear trainers and maybe turn Strava on for a good segment. <laughs> oh, that's my idea of a nightmare when you've got to do those transfers. at some, And they're always... Cause that's where you always have to do a transfer. It's a massive fuck-off airport. It's a fucking nightmare. 
Oh, horrendous. The stress. The stress. And also, you couldn't even put... Turning your watch on wouldn't even make a difference because you're indoors. You probably wouldn't get the GPS. I mean, I'd give it a go. I would absolutely turn the watch on if I had it on me. But you probably wouldn't even get it. And that would be... That would, it would feel like a waste. Yeah, absolutely. Waste. Might as well not get the flight. Yeah. Um, and a message from our Florida correspondent, Melanie Ann, as I think we're now her blog. She said, I love sharing my stupid ideas with you guys this time it's extra bs friday i was sitting at work planning my weekend training run with my man (laughs) sorry i then began trying to convince him that instead of running a 30 mile training run saturday we should just run a 50 mile race of course of course of course also a 30 mile training run jesus At first he said, absolutely not, and well, within 20 minutes I had him convinced. A hotel booked and two sign-ups were made. Jesus. We beat the cut-off by a whole eight minutes. Oh, and the best part, top ten male and female won a hoodie, only eight women finished the race, so I won by default. Yes. Thought y'all would get a kick out of our last-minuteness as per usual. Amazing. Last minute ultras seem to be absolutely your thing. And you know what? If you if you were top 10, you were top 10. It doesn't matter. You can only beat who's put in front of you is what I always say, especially at Candy Cross when no other men take part. But good for you. You won a hoodie in a race. You won a prize in a race. Yeah, I, I love the idea of just last minute on the fly, just signing up for a 50 miler. Like kudos, your training must be. Well, I guess if you're planning 30 mile training runs, then you, you must be taking your training pretty seriously because I, I don't think I've ever done a 30 mile training. Well, well not that seriously. If you're just throwing in, instead of, oh, instead of 30, we'll just do 50. Well, shock the body, you know, <laughs> surprise it. God, at eight minutes in a cutoff and a 50 miler as well. Again, that is stressful. That, yeah. Imagine looking at your watch, getting, you know, 48, 49 miles, thinking, right, oh, we've got this much left, we've got this, we can probably do it in this, but we might not be able to because we feel like shit and having to panic to get to the end. Because a 50 mile also would never actually be 50 miles. So you don't really know how long you have to go to the end. Oh, that's stressful, I don't like it. Uh, Let's get back to Ian, talk a bit more about nerdy stuff and many items of running bullshit. there's a, a race finder on there as well and that's something i've just been looking at as well because i've started adding races to that because i'm definitely the kind of person that likes updating things if i see a thing there oh, that's beautiful. a little incomplete i'm like oh, i'm just gonna add this one and i'll add this oh, i'm doing this race i'll add that in as well so i'm i've definitely oh, be come on in <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm definitely gonna be one of those people adding stuff in um and it's a great place to obviously find races but also as i said you can add your own if you're running races uh, or if you're organizing races as well of course what a great place just to throw that in. You've got over 100,000 users. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they don't all turn up at the same time, but yeah. um, they're, they're all on the books somewhere along the line. So, yeah, that, that's a that's another great place to, to give, spread your spread the word about your races. And it's really simple. It's not like a big, complicated form with lots of things to fill in. It's very, very simple. Um, I did that. And I can just tell there's lots of little things I can tell that you've worked on because I uploaded a race that was a 10K. And then there's also a 5K version. So there was a button there to copy listing. So I could just copy the listing, change the distance, change the name, and all the rest of it say the same. I'm like, see, that's because that's because you've worked on this for 20 years yeah. and you know these things are useful. And that's what I really and, like and, about it. And the, thank you. The, the race listings generate about 10,000 clicks a month mm-hmm. through to race organizer websites. And I could sort of go, right, okay, I'm going to monetize that somehow. But it's part of the ethos, really, is that I don't want to. I, I just want to do stuff that helps the running community i want to enable it and 
hope that the people who are watching me do it go that's a good idea let's let's support this guy so that's that's something else you said in your email that i liked as well and it's kind of something we touched upon earlier is that it's kind of that old school internet ethos of things being free things being open source crowdsourced and free for everyone which is kind of the almost like the original kind of uh, ethos of the internet, wasn't it? And the World Wide Web was here is stuff and everyone can just use it. And that's something you've carried on all the, well, near 20 years now. Um, I, yeah, I mean, I'm, I class myself as a nerd and I think the internet clearly started with nerds sharing information um, for the for the greater good. Um, and what could be better than that, really? I mean, there's, nerds are pretty harmless and, and lovely. So why not, you know, take that spirit on and, and see what we can do with it? Um, it's a, it feels a bit like a, a David and Goliath situation sometimes with, mm-hmm. with massive marketing budgets and uh, companies with 200 plus staff. Um, but let's, you know, see what we can do. It's all about the people. That's why I keep coming back to. Yeah. Um, so how's your running these days? Um, it's, I've had a good January. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I've just gone over a hundred miles for January, um, which is a kind of a good start for me. Um, I'm aiming to do Escape from Meriden in November, oh, yes. um, which will be my first ultra. I gave it again. Um, oh, oh, great way to do a first ultra. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you'd say you've done that as well? Yes, I did it last yeah. year. Yeah. And and how did you get on? Did you enjoy it? Um, <laughs> sort of. Uh, the weather was a bit miserable uh, and it was. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, we actually tapped out by 11 o'clock. So it was just that it just it was kind of a logistics thing. It was kind of a uh, it was a long day and we weren't, you know, that our next pickup would have been 30k away, which would have taken us the entire rest of the day. And we just weren't quite up for it. But yeah, it's yeah. it is an experience that like, yeah, the best part about it is running through little villages and towns at three in the morning with no one around is fantastic. I really love yeah. that part of it because it was a nice kind of yeah. frosty cold night. Uh, and Jay, just being out on your own and not seeing anyone for hours, apart from other people with head torches running around country lanes, is absolutely fantastic. But yeah, definitely do your planning. There's there's a sort of Hobbit vibe that I'm I, I tap <laughs> into. That I, I think I will have to take a little gold ring with me or something like that to see how far I can get it. Because um, I I just the the idea of A to B uh, events really intrigued me because you're you're on a mission and there's no kind of like oh we're back where we started um every single other run i do is is a a to a um so yeah i'm I'm looking forward to it um i might have my son with me who is 18 and he hasn't run a step um and but he's got a place and he's he's determined like oh yeah we'll we'll walk 40 miles uh so I, I don't know quite how that's going to pan out, but we just got to get him through his A levels first this uh, this May, and then I'm going to start pressuring him to that's do a bit of reward. Work. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I'm going to drive him to Coventry. Before we go, can you finally tell us what is the most bullshit thing about running? Um, well, I think I mean on a serious point, I think the most bullshit thing about running is paywalls. Mm-hmm. Um, people shouldn't have to pay to access great analysis. Um, but you know you can call that an, an elevator pitch as well if you like. Um, but I've got a few sort of really petty bullshit ones. Oh, yes. um, so people running in films—that's bullshit. <laughs> they either go too quickly or they do the arms. Yeah. Uh, you know, kind of Terminator arms. Yeah, or, we've had a few episodes they... of uh, us watching running films and just picking the shit out of them. That's been good. Fun. Yeah. 
that's another one. Um, airbrush cover models on supermarket <laughs> running magazines. Of course, yeah. Um, what else have I got? Running in gloves. That's bullshit. You need <laughs> mittens. You oh, need okay. mittens. You need to keep your fingers together so they'll stay nice and that warm. That is a new one. Wow, okay. So um, I can see you're looking over a list here. You've you've come prepared. I've got I've got my list. I've got <laughs> ten here, but I'm not going to push you through all of them. And non-specific race medals or race mementos. Ooh, yeah. Do you know that one? Oh, I've got so, yeah, I've got a fair few of those. Yeah, I've, I I I did a twenty mile race, and the t-shirt or the medal or something said the ten and twenty. Draycott uh, water or something and I just wanted to scribble the 10 out and go no I, I did the bloody 20. I did, I did so, the longer one. Yeah so I know that I know people are just trying to save money with the medals and all yeah. that but um, yeah that's that's bullshit. I do kind of like when you get the medal that's clearly like a school sports day medal that's cost them 69p and, it, and sometimes I'm like I get that and I'm like oh that's quite cute I quite like the crap medal. Yeah when you feel like you could buckle it or they, they made it by rolling a penny out or something like that. <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, this I could go on. Um, BLM GPS traces. <laughs> have you ever done? Have you done London? No. No, you get around Canary Wharf and everybody's Garmin just that goes, goes absolutely tits up. Yeah, and and then I have the following morning, everybody going, "Why's my why's my data gone weird?" And yep. I have to sort of go through it with them. So yeah blog post every year to explain this is why this has happened don't worry about it yeah pretty much yeah <laughs> is that enough bullshit that's fantastic so if people are interested in that they want to look at their running data in a whole new different way fetcheveryone.com is the place to go uh and there's loads of other people on there that are all doing the same thing and having a lovely time by the sound of it i'd like to think so yeah and, and i'm on there as well so um look out for the help buttons and uh just say hello if you want to Fantastic. Ian, thank you very much. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you, Stuart. Running mittens. That's the main thing I've taken away from all of this. I thought he's being really weird about gloves. He was going to have a weird thing about runners should never wear gloves, but he actually meant no, people should wear mittens. And it does make more sense. They would keep your hands warmer, but it does look weird. Have you ever seen like running mittens, like specific branded running mittens? No, but I do. They must be a thing. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure I agree with mittens. I feel like they're just a pain in the arse, aren't they? I like those gloves that have, like, they're fingerless gloves, and then you bring the mitten bit over the top. Oh, like, yeah, that, that'd be nice. They're, like, S-tier, so maybe that would be good in a running sense. And then you can just, like, take the mitten off to do whatever you need to do when you're running. Um, but mittens just seem like a bit of a faff, you know? Yeah, that was a very strange one. But I really enjoyed that chat with Ian. I've kind of got into Fetch Everyone slowly. As I said, you know, I, I've, I've looked at it in the past and I kind of saw it and I thought, oh shit, this is a lot. But I've actually kind of taken my time and got into it and I'm I'm quite enjoying it now. I, I will still be using the other place, but um, I will see what I can do on Fetch Everyone as well. Yeah, you got to shout out to the OG as well. Fetch Everyone. Oh, yes. The OG. Right, okay. Bullshit running news very quick because this is jam fucking packed this week. First up, uh, oh no, first up, the other place, Strava and Chipotle created a Strava segment challenge for the month of January in six cities in America. On one particular, roughly 300 meter long segment next to a specific Chipotle in each of those cities. The person who completed that segment the most times would win and the winner would get themselves a year's supply of Chipotle burritos or burrito bowls. 
uh, obviously people took this very, very seriously. The winner of the Washington DC segment uh, was the most overall. Joshua Bauer did 1,345 attempts, which means he did roughly 44 reps a day for a month. That's insane. <laughs> Second place uh, did 1,292 and third 851. So 851 attempts for nothing. And a lot of these ones, I think the Washington one in particular, was across a couple of really nasty junctions as well. So they'd have to run all the way up this shitty street, cross a couple of big junctions, they'd have to run all the way back, and then do the segment again. And it's America, so it's like they would have to wait at a crosswalk yeah. for it to turn green. No, yeah. That must have been so frustrating when no you No jaywalking. No, no, no. Yeah, you should come do it in Britain, you can do what the fuck you want here on the roads. <laughs> Uh, next most popular segment was Columbus, Ohio, which was won by A. Haynes, and he did exactly a thousand repeats, but he had never been to a Chipotle before. I know. <laughs> I just... saw that, and he was like, I hope you like Chipotle, because you've just won a year's supply. <laughs> I mean, that's Mex- I mean, perhaps, you know, everyone likes Mexican food, surely, but like, wow, okay, that's very strange. Uh, the best part of this story that I really, really liked is the five smart runners in LA, who each ran 369 reps, which isn't very, very many compared to the others, but they had a good look at the terms and conditions, and they realised, I think they could see the other people doing this challenge, and they messaged each other using Strava's new private messaging, and they discussed between them, in the case of a tie, everybody wins. And obviously the uh, organisers of this did not think people would coordinate this. And so five of them won the year's supply, which is smart work. Don't work hard, work smart like they do in L.A. That requires a lot of trust, though, because it just takes one person <laughs> to get up and do one more, one more rep. Yeah, but you wouldn't win anything more. You'd just take away from others. But yeah, I suppose... But if you're fair, a psychopath, yeah. <laughs> some people are like that. So, yeah, what a strange competition and what a strange group of people to do it. Very, very I, I kind of, I do kind of love how it's, it's not because obviously those segments often work in general in Strava. Ha, who can run them fastest? Mm-hmm. And I guess that was to stop people cheating and just doing it in a car or whatever and having to deal with all that. So, but I do think it's quite interesting and fun how it's whoever could do it the most, the most times. Forty-four times, so. times a day. God. God. Or let's have. A, a, this is a new midsection of the news, and we're going to call it taking the piss. Amy, oh. please take the piss. There's lots of piss-related news coming out. Yes. <laughs> lots of piss-related discourse to engage in. <laughs> um, so the first story is about a council in England that has doubled down. Well, it's the company, a private company that the council employs uh, to find people, has doubled down on the fining of people caught peeing in the countryside, and the fine is for littering. Um, oh. Yeah, this is all very weird because... It's even after it's emerged that its own legal advice did not really appear to fully support this stance as well. Now, uh, this this story, which has been reported in numerous different places, and I actually saw that it was apparently on TV as well. Somebody had like taken a picture on their Instagram and said they'd always be getting fines. Um, I was just a bit confused about this because I assumed like having a wee in the countryside was sort of okay. I thought the only law that was that you could maybe be done for is indecent exposure if you're just and we'll come on to that in a minute. But oh, if you yeah. just like pull your <laughs> pants down in the middle of the street, like I don't, I didn't think the fine would be for peeing. I thought the fine would be yeah, for... not littering. Yeah, littering, which is really odd, isn't it? Because well, I don't know. I don't just just pee have a negative impact on the environment. Maybe I don't know. I don't know. Depends where you've been drinking. Yeah. <laughs> um, so there has been at least two cases of men handed eighty-eight pound fines. 
um, from a council in Hertfordshire after being caught in the act by council enforcers, again, these like private companies, which were apparently laying, uh, li- which were apparently lying in wait in laybys. So they were specifically waiting in laybys where people often do pull over for a pee, don't they, if you're desperate in the middle of nowhere. Um, and they were waiting there for people to, to go for a pee and then finding them, which is yeah, just but People madness. aren't going to laybys for a laugh. They're not just going to just to piss on things. They go no. there because they're fucking desperate because you yeah. don't provide any public toilets and there's no services people don't want to go pissing in laybys come on no 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 um after the men claimed they were relieving themselves in woods by the layby, the fines have provoked a row over whether taking a wild wee amounts to littering or whether it's even a crime at all if any lawyers are listening i'd really be interested to know if it is a crime um Reading further on in this article, it says that the fines are being given out by a private company who keeps 78% of the fine, which is obviously fucking disgraceful. Um, I've heard, I mean, don't take my advice, I'm not a lawyer, I'm heard, I'm heard that these people can't actually detain you and you can just walk away from them. Just putting it out there, putting it out there if you get a fine in the in the woods. Maybe try walking away, see if they grab you. <laughs> yeah. Let's hope none of these uh, enforcement people are around like the beginning of any kind of trail race, because they're going to make a lot of money out of that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't understand. Because everyone's pissing in the woods. Yeah, I honestly, I don't understand. Like I said, again, we'll come on to this in a second, but surely the issue would be just in terms of if you were just whipping it out somewhere and it's sort of like a bit of indecent exposure if somebody's, dist- I think somebody has to be distressed by it for it to be classified as such. But, you know, it's sort of not a, the done thing, really, to just pull your trousers down or whatever and, hmm. and just take a piss. People do. But... I never thought that that's littering. Yeah, no, that's Surely that's not. crazy. I mean, again, it's about context. Like, if you're doing it on the high street in the middle of the day, is one thing. In the woods on your own, in a lay-by where no one can see you, mm. it's not doing any harm at all. And like and I said, people don't want to. One of these guys that was fined has got prostate problems. And, like, he can't not be. He has to go and pee. You yeah. know, it's, it's literally a health um, condition. And I've heard about doing a wild poo you should sort of clean up after yourself and i sort of get that because i imagine it might be a bit like dog poo especially if you eat meat and stuff that there might be things that are harmful um so you're supposed to like bury it aren't you or whatever it might be um and i kind of get that but pee i feel like that just goes into the ground and it's gone chill out you know um but yeah moving on from this this is related as well in other pee news so Outside Magazine has also recently posted an Instagram reel that has gained a fair bit of attention. If you go on their Instagram, you can see it in their reels. Um, and it says that the latest ultra-running trend is men not stopping to pee, but continuing to run or walk and peeing out the side of their shorts. Oh, my God. Which I just... I'm trying to imagine, like, like how strong is your stream? I guess it depends how old you are and stuff and all that sort of thing. But surely, I mean, I don't know, but surely you're at risk of, like, peeing on yourself in some way. I mean, that, that no, that's not a risk. You are pissing on yourself, unless you're, yeah. like, running sideways or something. What? Yeah. What? But also, and I want to say, oh. just step off the trail and go for a pee, but apparently you're not allowed to do that now either. Oh, yeah, true. But also, if you're pulling your shorts to the side... Are your bits like hanging out your shorts? You can't do that, man. You can't. Like... You can't. No, you can't just run along with your dick out pissing. <laughs> it just, I, I, I didn't think I would ever need to say that out loud. I, but then apparently you can't also step off the trail and go for pee. I, I think it's just surely common sense that if you want to pee, you just step off the trail, go somewhere a bit more private, 
and have a pee. Like it, I, it, I don't know. Like it just seems odd. But the uh, the comments were naturally a bit of a cesspool on um, on social media. And one user was saying that this was more evidence of the feminization of the United States. And they said that when men are outside, they pee where they want. Apparently, these people wanted to piss on their own legs. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. a man and I've chosen to piss on my leg and you can't stop me. <laughs> I just think it's like odd as well because I, I was running once um, a few months ago and I was on my own on this bit of, of trail, not out in the countryside, like it was um, in, in, in Cardiff. And this guy was like walking kind of towards me and sort of fiddling with his trousers. And I thought, here we go, I'm going to have to ring 101 again. It's another <laughs> trail wanker. Um, I could see him like sorting his trousers out and he stood like slightly to the side, but in full view and like peas. And I thought that's like, that's that's a bit inappropriate. And there was loads of places he could have gone to be a bit more qu- quiet. And I was like, that's weird. And I could see like a mum with some kids coming shortly behind him. And I was going to actually warn her, like there's a guy just with his dick out. Turned out she knew him. It was like the kid's oh. dad. And they were just going and stuff. I'm like, why are you just peeing? But he was just peeing like willy nilly. And I always think... I mean, it's all context, isn't it? I didn't once I knew he was peeing, I didn't feel threatened or anything. But I'm also like, why do you want to do that? Because if, yeah. if when I'm peeing, when I've got my pants down peeing on somewhere private, if somebody saw me, I would be fucking mortified. <laughs> like, yeah, but the thing is, the difference is, he's a man and he will piss where he wants, and that is where, where he wanted he to pee. And you again, you can't stop him. Yeah, you woke left cannot stop him pissing where yeah. he wants. I'll say this now, men. If you're not making any effort to sort of be a bit more hidden, I'm embarrassed for you. It's embarrassing. Stop. <laughs> Stop just like with it's weird. Like you look weird. Just just make an effort. I get sometimes like at the beginning of a race you see loads of people peeing off in the corner and there's no other choice. Da, 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 da. But especially when there's like a choice and you can be a bit more discreet, you you look like a fucking weirdo and you look like you should never be within 10 feet of a school or something. So you don't do you know what I mean? Like yeah. sort yourselves out. Yeah. Yeah, let's let's talk about more weird and embarrassing news. <laughs> Luckily, no piss involved in this one, but still very weird, very embarrassing. Mm. And this story is from Marathon Investigates, who scrutinised GPS data, photos and results from the London 2023 uh, Landmarks Half and the London Marathon and found Kate Carter, the Runner's World editor, has been cheating. Ooh. And this is just... Like I sent this to Amy, I'm like, this is incredible. Yeah. What a juicy piece of story here. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's Runners World Commissioning Editor. She's also a qualified coach, a sub-three-hour marathoner, a Guinness World Record holder, and has run all the marathon majors. She's apparently. literally done... We, we fucking well, yeah, apparently. <laughs> but, like, she's done everything. She's, like, well on top of her game in her field. Now, the, la- the landmarks half... She didn't have a time registered at the 15k mat, and the pace she would have had to run in that missing section is significantly faster by about one and a half minutes per mile. So she didn't she didn't run that. I think it was something like 740 uh, minute miles for the rest of it, and this section would have had to have been around 605 or 610, something like that, which is a significant increase that you do not do in a half marathon. There is also no photos of her during the section where she missed those uh, timing mats. And again, landmarks half, a lot of photos and none whatsoever. Like the um, Marathon Investigates guy has bought all of the photos Mm. of her from the thing. And he's gone properly into this, as he always does. She originally posted the run on Strava and noted the run posted was not hers because her Garmin died completely. However, in all of those photographs that he's bought, 
in multiple times in the final mile of the race, you can see her watch face, which is on. I love that. I, lo- I love that. Dude. I was like, oh, my God, my Garmin die. You can literally see, literally see the watch oh, face. Oh, perhaps, perhaps it did at the finish line. But I'm like, there's photos all the way around and you can see the watch face and the watch is on and it is, mm-hmm. it is timing. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. And then at the London Marathon, she supposedly ran without her official chip. Which is very strange, but yeah. I don't know, perhaps it was a media thing because she's runner's world. I don't know, perhaps there's some reason she was just give. But like, if you've got, isn't the chip on the number? How but do you also, detach that? I don't buy that, like, oh, she's runner's world, all that. Like, I don't know, surely like celebrities run with their chips on. But like, like, isn't the chip attached to the number? Like, yeah, you'd yeah, have surely. to detach it or get a different number from them without a chip yeah. on. Why would they do that? So she's got no official time and no official finish. But however... Uh, the GPS entry for her Strava entry was almost certainly created manually as it doesn't follow the current London Marathon course. Now, similarly to the guy at the Cardiff Half, it seems she has created uh, a manual uh, course using something like GPX Studio, but she's used the wrong map. And there's one little section. She's just gone the wrong way. And I think it shows the 2019 course, not the 2023 course. And there's also, if you download that file, you can see all the data points. And I think they said there's around 500 data points, which equates to one data point every 24 seconds. Your watch will record at least one per second. So there is nowhere near enough uh, GPX data points in that for it to have been created by a watch. So what do you, so so do we think she was cutting the course then? Do you think she found a bit to cut the course and then she's just created I guess because she was there, wasn't she? She was like she was yeah there yeah they, in the point, photos yeah. at the beginning at the end, but at yeah. some point on both those races, so it seems, cut the course. Oh, that that's just. But I don't understand. It's people so like strange because she must be a fairly decent runner, even if she's a sub three hour marathon runner. Well, apparently, <laughs> Maybe. but you know, if she is a sub three hour, but even if she even even if she was cheesy, I'm not I'm not making any allocations. But even if other results were were faked or cheesy or whatever, she must still be a decent runner. Like I don't understand. I don't understand. I understand that maybe there's pressure on her because she's the commissioning editor for Runners World. Blah 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 blah. She's coached da, da, da. But even if she ran it honestly, it surely wouldn't be that bad. It would surely be above average. And also, like, yeah, okay, you're at that point, and you have something like Runners World. And the way social media is, if you went and did London Marathon and you spectacularly blew up and had a really shit race, you go and write a piece or you put a yeah. thing on social media about how you blew up and how it's made you very sad. And every other runner in the world would be like, oh my god, that's so sad for you. Oh my god, it's so relatable. Blah blah blah. Because you know, failure is a great thing on social media. People actually absolutely love hearing about it, don't they? As well as as much as victory is great, if you can be like really kind of faux humble and be like, oh my god, it was uh, such a lesson. It wasn't my day. Yeah. Uh, it's such a lesson to me because I didn't do the training probably. Um, <laughs> but she could have written or she could have done that. There's, you know, that's not in terms, surely in terms of writing and creating content, there's still plenty to get out of that. And it's mm. just so strange for someone in that position to be accused of something like this. Definitely go and have a look at the full investigation on marathoninvestigation.com. Link will be on our website as well. Mm. And just it's have a good read good. through that because it, it's really well detailed work as well. It's always really fantastic. Yeah, it's always easy to understand as well. When yeah. he's like talking yeah. breaks it down really well yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it's well with watching but yeah it's just i i just don't understand i don't understand what makes people i i understand i i kind of understand when people cheat who would never be able to finish a marathon because they have not never but they ha- wouldn't be able to finish a marathon at that time because they haven't tra- trained and they want the social media kudos i understand that some people are really driven by that social media kudos but 
Surely she doesn't need... She's going to get kudos anyway. She's going to have a fast time anyway. I don't understand it. I really yeah, don't. I mean, there are a thousand Netflix documentaries about murderers and cult leaders and rapists. Mm. The next set... I'm not saying these are on a part in any way, but we want, <laughs> I, want a, I want a documentary on cheaters. Why people yeah. cheat? That yeah, I, wa- I really want a good dive into that of just like a series of people that have cheated and why. And just from them, because I, you know, I saw my girlfriend watching the other day, she was watching a thing about stalkers and the actual stalkers are saying what they did. So they're, they're actually part of the documentary, which is kind of fascinating. Mm-hmm. I want the cheaters to talk about why they cheated. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I don't understand it. Yeah. And I don't know. It's one of those things as well where that's related to a job, you know, which is when we've talked about people who are cheating before. And their job is in other fields and industries. You know, even if they're performing at the top of their game almost, but they're not professional. It's sort of like, okay, surely their job shouldn't be at risk. They might have cheated in a race. It's not the worst thing. We've discussed this before. But if your job is in running, around, it's centred around running, and you cheat, surely that's going to put your job in jeopardy as well. Because your job, that is your job. (laughs) And your whole reputation. So, like, if you lose that job, does anyone else want to touch you? Yeah, especially if you're a coach. Yeah. Unless you want to be coached to cheat. <laughs> Maybe that's what the coaching is. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh, anyway, Stuart, what have you got next? Uh, cross country is back. I'll be hoping to do the full course if I can, but if there's anywhere I can sneak off, uh, I might see if I can cut one of the corners off. That would be great. And I've also um, booked to go to Bushy Park Park Run in July, just to let Amy know. Everyone else knows this already. Bushy Park is where Park Run began 20 I years know. ago. Oh, I, 20 years ago? Yeah. 20 years ago. So you didn't know that, did you? So yeah, I've actually booked, I'm going to go to London and you know, if I have to go to London, I might as well make the most of it so I don't have to go twice and I'm going to go to Bushy Park Run as well. That sounds quite fun. Nice. How about you? (sighs) Not much, just Kefili 10k, Trail 10k, not next week, week after. It's a lovely route. I ran it today. Uh, Oh, did you? Is it good? Yeah, I ran it as a recce. Yeah, your feet are going to get wet. Just to let you know. Yeah, Do not try and avoid okay. it because there's no point. Okay, that's that's good advice. Yeah, because I will try and avoid mud whenever I can, and sometimes that you ends will up not. Worse. Okay, okay. It's a great well. course. It's very muddy, very wet. You'll have a lovely, lovely time. Love it. Thanks, I'll man. be there with the frazzles. Oh, if you've no. enjoyed this bullshit, you can visit runningisbs.com, see the show notes and the links in this episode, and the whole back catalogue as well as links to our Patreon merch store and social medias. Contribute to the bog.